What's up, everybody? This is Sean here with another episode of the Uncommon Creative Podcast. Here we got episode four with none other than my friend, Aaron Pascal of AB2 Photography, a local photographer here in Dayton, Ohio, uh, one of the best professionals I've seen and had the pleasure of working with. And here's his take on the industry and what it takes to maintain artistic integrity and maintain attention. Peace. Welcome to the Uncommon Creative Podcast. This is Sean Curtis or Sean Houston, however you know me, depends. Uh, today I have a very, very special guest. I have my brother, my mentor, a good friend, uh, an incredible uh, legend and respected man in the community, Mr. Aaron Pasco, aka AP2 Photography. Hey, what's good, so, everybody? What's people? Uh, you might have to go back and change that intro. I don't know about all those accolades, but... Oh what man? Come on, man! You 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 out here, dog? You I hear you. Hey, you represent the people. You know you 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 uh you should have got the Muhammad <laughs> Ali Award. Uh, not right, right. Cash, but you know what I'm saying. But now, nah, man, what's going on with you? What's good, man? What's going on? How's your week been so far? Is it today's Monday? Wait a minute, is it today's yeah, Monday? Um, right? Feels like every I day is just so. a day to me. You know, busy. Am I wrong? I constantly grind. Constantly right. grind. Right. But I'm blessed, so I, I can't complain. Always, man. Mm, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I I respect it, man. You are busy. Probably the busiest dude I know, for real. Because, I, I, like, it's hard to get you to sit down somewhere. Uh, but when when, you, when we do sit down, man, it's always an incredible time. Uh, this man has, like, the dopest... Uh, I don't even know if I want to call it man cave. It's like the... It's a art... Mecca, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't go visit the uh the African American uh Smithsonian Museum anytime soon, so I go to Aaron's house, sit in his house. I basement. hear you. <laughs> I just believe that, you know. You no, know, I hold him to the same. I just believe in surrounding myself with stuff that inspires me. Um, you know, whatever books, Absolutely. um art, music, whatever. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hey, man, you don't don't knock. You got a you got a hell of a vinyl collection right now, man. Yes, in the, you got the record. It's in this baby phase. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm yeah, but you got some. You got fire though. Like it might, you know, it might be in the baby phase, but there's some there's some hits in there. Oh no doubt. You know, you pick up anything this week? Huh. <laughs> this week, oh um, yeah. Odyssey's um, you know, his album finally dropped on vinyl. The iceberg. Oh, yeah. I right. up Apollo Brown's Anchovies album. Mm-hmm. I got um, wow. a couple Isaac Hayes joints, some Freddie Hubbard. See, and, it's uh, only Monday, people. It's only Monday. <laughs> MF Doom. <And> he already... <laughs> I think that's it. That's it? Yeah, I think man, that's it. Man, see, I'll I I plan out my vinyl, man. Like, uh, it got to be one that catches me. That's I don't I don't really I don't really get the good ones though. Like you got the good ones. I gotta I 
I don't know. I don't know what I'd be going for. I still ain't figured out my rhythm to picking out vinyls. Like, I come over your spot and I hear something and I'm like, man, I really want this. But then I go to the record store. I'm like, I don't even know what that was. And I wrote it down. I know I wrote it down. It's just I get in there and I get caught up in something else. And I'm like, all right, I'm just, I got to, I've been in here an hour. I got to make a decision. So let me just pick this, you know. But like, I was looking at uh, somebody hit me with a link to that's that red Solange joint. Did you see it in red? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's. Oh, yeah, I saw it in red. Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, it, it's a sexy vinyl. It's a sexy vinyl. Yeah, man, that, that aesthetic is nice, you know, man. Due to the fact that I had the original copy, I cannot justify spending money on the red. So <laughs> that was I had to admire that political answer. Far. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with um Kendrick, you yeah. know. Yeah, I feel you. Putting releasing it on vinyl, but in reverse order. Man, yeah, I feel it from a marketing point of view, but practically, I can't spend my money on that. I, I feel you on that one, man. I was uh, I saw that that he released it just in the backwards order, and I'm like, am I really? contemplating getting this album for real like a second time just because it's backwards right i mean i thought about it i mean it came up in conversation so i thought about it long enough but you know that that was just been i think that had been a wasted buy for real like i literally just yeah i think something like that is for for the vinyl collector yeah, exactly as opposed to somebody who really gets down with music you really get down with music yeah, if you really get down with music, you would think like I can use that money towards such and such album mm-hmm. that's coming out, or you know something that's out there that you've been looking yeah. for. So yeah, man. At least that's the way I see right. It. And you you've been uh you've been racking up the uh, the images at these concerts too. You've been shooting a lot of concerts lately, man. Oh no doubt. Uh, like I said, I love music. It's, it feeds my passion, and to experience it live is just yeah. a whole another thing. So. It's like the perfect marriage for me. Nah, I feel you. I mean, that's a. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful season because they've been having some uh, dope stuff. I, you you told me Scissor was gonna be in Louisville on right. the 16th, right? And that's how you say your name, Scissor, right? Yeah, I believe that's how you said. Look, unless I'm saying it wrong, man. I right. See, somebody just said it the other day, and I was like, "Word, that's how you say it." I feel like I've been I've been really messing with the z or something like i don't know what i was saying but scissor now makes sense now that i'm saying it out loud um but yeah 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 i think that's gonna be that's gonna be a nice spot um i just got added to this uh i just got added to this group me from um uh what's my what's my dude out of dc uh art hype deo i think it's his name i think it's i think his government name is deo but uh on instagram he's art hype and I think it was either him or or Brian Summers. It was one of them cats that shot a SZA concert. And I was like, man, she is gorgeous. Like, it ain't even low-key how gorgeous she is. Her <laughs> stage presence is, like, ridiculous. Like, I think, I think her and Solange have this crazy magnetism on the stage. From what I've seen from just images, right? I can't even imagine an actual live show. Have you seen uh, Solange live, right? Oh yes, I have. Yeah, and I saw her Afro Pump, and Sizzle was on. She was an Afro Pump too, but she was on at the same time as 
Gary Clark Jr. And you know I wasn't about to pass that up. So yeah, nah, nah. I haven't seen her live yet, but I, I think I'll be shooting her show this Saturday in Louisville. Yeah, man. But Solange, you know, Solange live. Um, you know, she really um, it's dope, man. That's all I can, I really can't explain it yeah. other than being dope and something that I think everybody should try to experience live. Mm-hmm. Um. The thing I like about her is she's herself. Like she's not out there trying to be her sister. She's just out there doing her, yeah. and her love, and her passion for what she does, uh, it shines through. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. See, people. Well, if she comes your way, I'll see her. It kind of puts you in the mind, at least me in the mind, of what a Earth Wind and Fire show would be like. Oh, okay. When they were in their prime. Yeah. Oh. I can see that. I can feel that vibe. Yeah, that that word, man. Dope. Yeah. I I use it. I don't even use it loosely. I really use it as like the greatest uh, exclamation point I can put on something, you know, like because because you just said there's no other word you got but dope. And I mean, I I think I've I think I fully understand what you mean because I was having I'll say that because I have a discussion at work uh, today with somebody about my usage of dope. And they're like, what is that? Like, what do you mean? That's dope. And I'm like, you've never seen like Mo Better Blues or any real decent Spike Lee movie. And the only thing you can think of is the word dope. Like it's dope. Serve fresh uh, t-shirts, dope. Uh, I was, I'm, I say that because I got a window pulled up. I'm trying to hint to the old lady about a Christmas gift. I want one of these Ollie Crewnecks. Uh, <laughs> you know, so she ain't here right now. But I'm going to leave this up uh, before I go to bed so she can see it. I already got my size marked on here, the price, all that. Yeah, man, you know, I said that's see, a smart I gotta, move. I gotta throw some subliminal uh Christmas because I can't just say, hey, I want this, because that means that the tally mark goes up to the price I gotta spend on Christmas. She's like, all right, if I buy all this, then that means he gotta drop da 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 da. If I just compile a nice little gathering of information for she know what to pick from. We ain't got to even talk prices. You know what I'm saying? So if I get her something, it's from the heart. At least that's what I'm thinking. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, Christmas is right, right. around the corner. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yes, it is. 14 days away. Been, um, people have been hitting me up for some holiday shoots. But then I'm like, all right, well, we can do it on location. They're like, no, I want to use a studio. And I'm like, all right, well, let me look at some studios, and I tell them the price, and that conversation is slept right then. I'm like, well, I don't know what kind of studio you're looking for, but this 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 holiday season shooting is just garbage for me right now. Oh, free? That's that's what it looks like, man. They like, all right, I could pay you. They want it for the free studio and you. And I'm like, well, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That's them. They got to make their money. But yeah, this this holiday season is not the best for shooting right now for myself. What about you? What you got in the works? I really don't mess with the holiday shoots. Um, mm-hmm. Usually this time of year, I'm into my own zone. You know, I like to do. This is when I usually hone in on my personal projects, my personal work, and then for you know a few select clients, if they reach out to me about you know something that catches my attention or that is inspiring to me. Or just a you know mm-hmm. overall good client person, um, you know mm-hmm. I will go out of my way to make sure that they're taken care of. But other than that, you know this is the time where I kind of 
recharge my batteries by working on projects uh, for myself, for my own creativity. Mm, that's smart, man. Man, you, first of all, let me just commend you on your uh, positive skills in segueing, because that is the perfect segue that you just set up. So let me just commend you on that. <laughs> Uh, if I knew how to edit, I would put like a little clap thing in here, but I don't. So let me just applaud you by saying it. Segway, your personal projects, man, they, you've been, first off, you've been killing it. Like um, from, if we go to your blog, I've been looking at analog, which is you're, you're shooting film for analog, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man, film shooting. That's a whole other animal, man. Talk to me about that because I don't do it. I haven't done it yet. I kind of stumbled into um, shooting film. I was at the thrift store looking for some something odd to shoot, you know, something with some strong textures. And behind the counter, they had an old film camera. It was only $5, and I think it was 50% off. So, you know, I figured I would buy it mainly as decoration for my studio. Um, but it came with a couple rolls right. of film. So I went ahead and I shot the film. And originally, you know, I took it to the lab to get it developed. And the anticipation killed me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being where we are here in Dayton, they had to send the film out to yeah. Cleveland to have a process. So it was a good two weeks before I got it back. <clears throat> so, oh, you know, all that all that anticipation. You know, right now we live in a microwave society where we get everything instantly, especially in this digital age. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though the anticipation mm-hmm. killed me, I was thrilled when I got it back. But I was not willing to wait two weeks for that, so I got into developing. Right. Uh, you know, so now I shoot film and I process my own film. I scan it, um, mm. and just the challenge of shooting film is something that I like um, because it forces me to slow down and really think about the shot before I take it. I want every frame to count. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people ask like, "Why do you shoot film? You can get the film look shooting digital with the post process." But you can't. Um, you can't. It's the right. process that that captivates mm-hmm. my imagination. Mm-hmm. And so from there, from that one camera, that one film camera, I think I'm up to five of them now. Why? Why? Why do you have five film cameras, dog? And they all have what are you doing with five <laughs> film cameras? They all have their own personality. Okay, I give you that. So you, yeah, you get a different look, a different feel out of all of them. So I have five millimeter cameras. Like I have hundred twenty millimeter cameras. Um, so they're all different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have a tendency to, I have a tendency to overindulge, so that's part of yeah. it too. Yeah, I was looking at um, I was looking at a photographer like uh, learn how to shoot large format film. You ever thought about that? No. <laughs> no, not at all. If I was doing like a bunch of, if I was using film to do a bunch of portraits or you know, or something like that, I might. But mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I love it. I love to be in the streets and shoot. I dig it. Yeah, uh, just so the I running, need something you know. affordable that I can go and you know, mm-hmm. be mobile with it. I feel that, man. I feel that. Um, it's something I've always admired when a when a shooter is shooting film because you're right. It is just like a. You got to be real selective with what you're shooting and how you're shooting it and when you're shooting it, you know, because it's so, it's so hit or miss, you know, and it's not like a digital where you just got endless amount of clicking that you can do in a moment. So, you know, at least one of them is going to be right. 
But uh, right. yeah, it's a, it's an art, man. I, I admire it. I respect you for it. You know, one day I'm gonna learn how to do. How'd you learn how to do it? Like, where did you did you research it? Did you uh, talk to people? What happened? Uh, no, I just supplied what I already knew from the digital, you know, from the digital mm-hmm. world. And a lot of it was just, like I said, my cameras all had different personalities. So it was just picking up the camera and out the door and getting to know them, you know, spending time with them, seeing how they react to certain situations and yeah. how they try to manipulate me, how I need to manipulate them. And it was just, you know, just gone on from there. And some of, some of the cameras take longer to learn than others, but... I mean, it's just like people, you know. Right, right. I think the the part that scares me is the um, producing the film. You know what I'm saying? Like actually working with the film itself. You know, the darkroom work. Right. Did you? Yeah. Now for that, for that, I did do okay. some research. Whether you know, from looking at stuff online to watching videos. Um, but I picked it up pretty quick, so you know, I pretty much have my technique down. And the thing I love about going in, into the dark room is like it's pretty much just my escape from everything. So I have my music banging, and it's just me in there doing what yeah. I do. Oh yeah, man, and that that makes a lot of sense for real. Um, I think I I had the opportunity in high school to start working in a dark room, and I think I I think it just scared the living crap out of me, so I didn't. I avoided it. I actually, you know, it's funny. We was just talking about this, but I did I did film instead. Like I instead of doing photography in school, I really concentrated on video, which is funny because I don't do video now. Right. Um, but I was okay. I was decent at video. Um, I just I don't know. I don't know why I didn't get back to it. You know, but who knows? Who knows what the future's gonna hold? Um, but yeah, I was I was I was running through analog. Um, I thought that was incredible. Uh, I, I know I missed the way I see it uh, event. You actually had a gallery event, um, which was another series. But maybe you can catch us up on how that went down, the way I see it. Like, how did you even go into saying, okay, I'm going to actually have a live gallery show, blow my blow my prints up, uh, have people, you had people performing. Like, it was, I mean, all the video that I saw was dope as hell. So maybe give the people some info on that, because there's a lot of photographers that want to host host some kind of event and really look at getting their work. Yeah, and stuff and like I'm that. trying to think of how yeah. to explain it because as I um, took these pictures and images and put them together, I never was really thinking about. I didn't do them for the purpose of having an exhibit. You know, it was just one of those things where mm-hmm. over time I had accumulated all these images and the owner of the coffee shop Juanita approached me about you know displaying them in her shop and mm-hmm. and I just wrote with it so it was you know kind of hard for me to go through and select which images I wanted to share um which ones I thought would because I never really look at it as trying to sell images I just want to I like to tell stories with my images so it's kind of like what type of story do I want to tell and so I came up with, you know, showing people mm-hmm. the world, my world, the way that I see it. So that's where the title came from. And I'm the type of person, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be <laughs> the best that it can be. Uh, you know, I want it to be dope. I don't want to just mm-hmm. throw pictures up and hope that people come and see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 
I'm gonna need you not to throw that stunt and laugh you just did. <laughs> like that was '95 uh, Puff Daddy. <laughs> Listen, I know. it wasn't me. me that way. That was kind of just me trying to think of the right words to say. But uh, that's all I promise. Nah, no, I feel you. It was just half. It just had came out. It was hilarious right. to me. Uh, but nah, nah, I feel you, man. Like I, the images are beautiful. I have, I have one of the images. Yeah, I forgot. I almost forgot. I do have one of the images on my wall right now. Right. Uh, it was the um, it was the I am not your Negro joint, right? Which was gorgeous, you know. Uh, did you send me the link to the documentary? Cause they had it on uh, like channel sixteen. I am not your Negro documentary. I think I did. Um, yeah, yeah. What's what's going on with uh Black Hollywood, man? I love what they're doing right now. They got these dope documentaries being produced uh in today's voice, really. Uh, and then they're being voiced over by like the elite Black Hollywood, like the "I Am Not Your Negro" wasn't that voiced over by Samuel Jackson? Yeah, and I, I like the movement that's taking place, but at the same time, I feel like it's kind of hard to go out and find them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So oh, I, I think it's one of those things where you know Hollywood puts the money behind making them, but not necessarily marketing them. Yeah, so a lot of them go unnoticed. You know, like the Chasing Train documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's stuff on by a lot of people when it's right there on PBS for everybody to it see. Man, not too many people know about that. Oddly enough, I really think that uh, I really think that Coltrane himself is slept on by a lot of people. Like. I don't know if it's because he really hit his height in like a 10 year period and then, you know, died early. But he, I think he's I think he's well slept on because even from the musical background I have talking with people that are into music, they weren't they weren't on Coltrane as much as they were on like a Parker. Right. Like Charlie Parker was their go to saxophone in mind, you know. And then, like, every time somebody says they love Kenny G, when I mention the saxophone, I want to smack the taste out their mouth. Like, I'm like, how can you not give respect to Coltrane? So I think it's just him in general that slept on. You know, see, I see that a couple different ways. Like, I think that now um, you hear a lot of people talking about Coltrane because they think that the name is cool. They see the company of Love Supreme, and, you know, they, they rock with that, and they don't really know his music. Um, so I think he, I think his name is popular in that sense, but as far as his music itself, um, yeah, it's definitely slept on. And part of that can be attributed to, yeah. like, during his era, I think it was easy for people to take him for granted, being sandwiched in between mm-hmm. Parker and Miles Davis and, you know, with his career and life being yeah. as short as it was. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he got the uh, he got the Basquiat treatment. Oh yeah, what I call it. yeah. But Coltrane, uh, I love a Love Supreme, but my favorite album by him was Lust Life. So if y'all not familiar with that, Ooh. definitely check that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man, see, I was—I mean, that's what—that's what got me on the horn was Coltrane. Like that's what originally started me playing. Um, with me and my mom being separated at the time she would always send me these jazz cuts and I remember she would just, she would send them in like a box. It was a, it was a box of cassettes and I had this old, like super old school dial in a uh, cassette player. Like it had all the knobs to, to uh, fix the EQ, right? Like all the little levers. Um, 
and I would be laying in bed and I would, you know, go through the box, get a get a tape, plop, pop it in. Uh it was Sonny Rollins, of course, uh there was Kenny G, but then I stumbled on a cold train joint. And I was I was young. So I stumbled on a cold train joint. And I was like, yo, this is this is real. Like something about this is real. I don't even know why she directed me to the saxophone for real. Um, but it was it was real, man. The next thing I know, I, I had to learn how to play, and I was just playing Coltrane for a long time in high school. Outside of high school, I go down to Jazz Central and play, and I would only I would only get up there if the band would play uh, Coltrane cuts. Like I was like, if Coltrane wasn't in the song, okay. you don't need to hear my horn. Like I'm I'm dead serious. I don't know why y'all keep trying to call me up here for Charlie Parker, but I'm not Bird. Let me play that Coltrane. You know, Jazz Central is like a great place. It really used to be when I was in high school. Yeah. But speaking of this incredible man, your latest series is what I really, really want to focus on today. Um, Because the storytelling um, between the images and the words, between the writing, I mean, Mortal Man, right, is your newest series. Right. And if you if people want to find it, where can they find it at? It's ap2photography.com slash mortal man. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find out information about it. If you want to go and read some of the stories, you just go to ap2photography.com slash blog. And all the stories in the series are um, on that site right there. Mm. Well, tell us about it, brother. Huh, mortal Man. Um, of course, it's inspired by Kendrick Lamar and Terrace Martin's rendition of the, of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, both those songs spoke a lot to me. If y'all not up on Terrace Martin, you should be. Oh, yeah. um, so basically, he has a jazz version of that song. And um, a lot of times I play that song and just get lost in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that being said, I would often have thoughts of my father or, you know, some of my friends who may have passed away, friends and family members. And, um, you know, just kind of those are issues that I, all, I dealt with internally. Mm-hmm. I never really expressed what I was going through to anybody. And so for the first Mortal Man piece, it was mainly just going to be me writing about, you know, different experiences that I had um, with mortality, whether it was the realization that we're not here forever. Um, Remember the first time that I realized that I was not invincible, that, you know, I could feel pain. I think a lot of times as, you know, as boys, as men, we always have that, that won't be me, you know, not me, you know, type of mentality. And oftentimes our emotions were suppressed. You know, if we're into our emotions, our feeling sad, or if we get hurt, we always hear suck it up, mm-hmm. you know. And so I released a picture and a little essay, you know, of me talking about the loss of my father. And from there, it just kind of took off with, you know, men getting in touch with me about wanting to express things that, they've been through in life or, you know, maybe things that they haven't um, really dealt with, you know, suppressed feelings. And so I've been using this project as an outlet for men to, you know, deal with some of those things. Mm. Yeah, man. Have you, have you, um, have you made any like realizations about yourself doing this project in particular? Cause I mean, I feel like this project hits home more than many, you know what I mean? Not really. Um, and I think that probably will come at the end. Yeah. Um, but right now, you know, it's just kind of 
it's not about the pictures. It's not about the images to me. It's about being an outlet for people to share their stories. Mm-hmm. So, What's the most surprising thing? You know, excuse me? What's the most surprising thing? The most surprising thing mm-hmm. is how... Probably how willing people are to to share their stories, mm-hmm. to get it out there, mm-hmm. and how open and honest people have been. Um, it's been a lot of people like showing courage, you know, sharing things with me that they're never really talked about before. Right. Right. And so it's been humbling. That's the first word that comes to mind is just humbling. Mm. Mm, that's dope, man. Seriously. Yeah. I, 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 if, if people out there are listening, I, I definitely agree that you should go check this out. AP2photography.com uh, slash blog and check out, these men's stories, man. I put my story up there. Um, and, you know, I know what it took for me to write that piece that I, cause I, I didn't want to write it. I, I put off writing it for years. Like I didn't, I never wanted to actually write that out about the loss of my, you know, two of the, two of the closest people to me besides my mother is my grandmother and my uncle. And um, it was like, my family didn't get to mourn the loss of my grandmother before my uncle passed. So it was just this realization of, you know, how strong the visual context of my family has been in my mind that I never wanted to express it until now, you know? So just looking at how vulnerable we are as men, um, it was, incredible getting to share that and then getting to to look at the stage that all these other men are on and understand that you know we are allowed the space and opportunity like you literally provided the space and opportunity for us to be vulnerable which is something you know we don't get that often at least not in society yeah and that's one of the things that i realized and so Mm-hmm. That's one of the rewarding things for me with this project is that, you know, it's not about me. It's not about how dope my portraits are or anything like that. It's just allowing these men to get these things off their chest, to deal with it and yeah. to get the support and encouragement that they deserve. Um, you know, I had a story that went live today. Um, and so far, this man, he mm-hmm. has over 18 comments on the on the blog of people reaching out support, showing encouragement, and for me mm-hmm. to allow people, for me to be able to provide that type of platform for other people is just, again, humbling. Um, you know, I'm grateful that see, I'm the type of person, if, right. if something pops up in my mind, I have to do it. I have to act on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I did that with Mortal Man with no hesitation. You know, I had an idea, and I wrote down yeah. a plan, and yeah, brought absolutely. it to life, and it was for a reason, you know. It was it was um, well timed, I think, especially with the holidays coming up. You know, like uh, I was I was just talking to people, and you know, you get really emotional around the holidays, especially if you suffered a loss that you know is so impactful that it's somehow correlated to a season like this, where you want to be around family, and then some people are missing, you know. Like you sit at the dinner table and you look around and you clearly see right. somebody's not there. So it kind of it kind of brings it all home and definitely hits home. And 
uh, thank you for sharing this series with us, honestly. I mean, it's, it's my honor to be amongst the men, you know. Oh, definitely, man. I'm definitely glad that you, um, you know, chose to participate in it. And, you know, the thing that I really like about it is that this series has men coming from all different types of angles, um, even in the form that they have chosen to share their story. So whether it's mm-hmm. uh, an essay, it's been some poetry, um, it's, it's been a little bit of everything. And people are touching on different topics. Um, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, humbling is the word that keeps coming to mind to mind for me because that's that's how I feel. And I'm going to say, you know, it's been days where I've been tired and mm-hmm. really just wanted to chill or relax. But you know, somebody hit me up, you know, ready to share their story. And who am I to yeah. tell them no? Um, there's been times where I passed on pay shoes to right. allow time to, you know, do a shoot or listen to somebody's story. And I do it all over again. You know, the money would be mm-hmm. out there for me. I'm not worried about that, but you know, if somebody reaches out to me, I feel obligated to, right. you know, give them this platform to share their stories. And uh, it's kind of funny too, man, because um, you know, with most of the sessions, I feel like um, they've been, they've all been intimate. Um, none of the poses are staged. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and most of them start out with us. Um, in my man cave, as you call it, you know, just having a conversation, um, you know, just chopping it up. And then eventually we'll get to, you know, what what their story is. We'll touch on those topics. And I usually stop people about halfway through, right before mm-hmm. I can tell that they're getting ready to get emotional. And that's when we'll move over to the studio space and continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that I have my camera in hand. And that's why you see a lot of the raw emotions in these uh, images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see there's a there's a method to it. I feel it. That's good storytelling. You know, at the end of the day, you're still putting your artistic point on it, which is telling that story. Um, Man, damn. It's deep, man. It's deep. deep. But that makes sense now. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was thinking about my session. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I dig that. All right. Um so are you are you one of those people that like have multiple uh projects in mind while you're working on one? You just basically focused on one and then like you'll once you once you complete, you'll go to the next one. Or are um, you thinking ahead? All of that. All of that. <laughs> um Okay. And it's really I'm like familiar. I'm the type of person who gives into my imagination. Whatever it may be, whether it's mm-hmm. you know waking up saying I want to go to New York and shoot, or um, I'm all over the place. I guess I guess is the, is the right answer for that. But at the same time, I like to stay disciplined, especially when I'm working on a project as important to me as mm-hmm. Mortal Man. So as I'm working on this, I have other ideas in mm-hmm. mind that I'm writing notes on, and you know, in my mind, I'm trying to see how it's going to play out further down the road but as far as actually working on it as far as shooting and things of that nature no um because i want to dedicate my time to this mortal man project Mm -hmm. i dig that absolutely 
You just you just had a um you just did a day yes, trip sir. to New York, didn't you? How was that, man? Like I heard you was taking your you was taking your camera. Which camera I took my Mamiya C three. Um, that's a one twenty film camera. Mm-hmm. I took my Fuji film camera, and I took my old Nikon DX two. Mm. And I just went, you know, walked around the Flatiron Building. Um, so I got, a, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't say that. I got some nice shots of, of the Flatiron Building, <laughs> and then I went over in Brooklyn and just walked yeah. around for for hours. Um, now you said you shouldn't say that. That means you got some fire coming. Uh, probably, you know, you, you can. I guess. You can do that. Okay, no. I hear you. You got some heat. I'm right. happy with what I got. Let me put it that way. Okay, I like that. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it coming out being dope. I already know. I already understand. But you said you walked around Brooklyn too? Yes, sir. How was that, man? It, it was dope, man. Um, the Mamiya C3 is an old twin twin lens camera, so it gets a lot of attention. Um, yeah. And I'm the type, like, I like to sit back and, and get a lot of candid shots. But with the attention that that gets, mm-hmm. like, there was a couple people who stopped by, asked me to take their pictures and mm-hmm. and things like that. But, you know, just being in that environment was crazy to me. Um, now, that Mamiya C3, that, uh, that's what um, Myers used to shoot on, right? Who? Meyer. Uh, what's her name? Oh, Vivian Meyer. Yeah, Vivian Meyer. I'm not sure she had that particular model, but basically the Mm -hmm. same concept. Same concept, gotcha. Yeah. So that's like a this is it's a that was that's a sneaky camera. Because like you don't have to bring it to your eye, right? It depends on how good your 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 eye vision is. So you can keep it a waist level as long as you get the focusing on point. Mm -hmm. And this has been a hard camera. This was the hardest camera for me to really to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really just now, we're really just now becoming good friends. Oh, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I can, so you, 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 um, you was hit, what, did you hit the subway with it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I, mean, I, I can't wait for these images to come. It's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, they'll be coming soon. Okay, good. All right, bet. That's all. That's all I wanted to know. That's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Any more trips planning coming up? I don't know. I'm pretty round. I don't have anything um, booked right now. But again, I'm the type that right. I might wake up tomorrow and look at the map and decide to go somewhere. So. Oh wow! Yeah, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Feel that man. How did all right? So, in this in this podcast, right, like we get to talk about the life and in the in the current business of being a photographer. Um, I like to give a lot of you know content for people that are creative because I get a lot. I get a lot of creatives that listen to this, right? So they always want to hear like the ins and out of business, how to do things, tangibles to take away. Um, so. How how does one transition or begin to get to the place where you can look at a map and just be like, you know what? I'm shooting today. I'm going. We're going. Let's make it happen. How do you get to that place? How do you get to that zone even? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of people like, all right, how am I about to get my book, my next booking? Um, like I was saying, uh, was it off? 
no, it was it was on it was on it was on uh, on Mike when I was talking about how this season has slowed down for me more than I thought it would. Uh, a bunch of like pump fakes as far as clients go. Like, how do you transition to ba- basically? I'm I guess getting the the trust of clientele that haven't worked with you yet. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you get those referrals? Cause a lot of this business I'm noticing is referral based, right? Right. Right. So how the do number you one thing, in that? The number one thing is to take yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as artists, there's really, you don't necessarily have to be licensed to be an artist. Right. Right. And so there's a lot of people, let's take photography. Um, Almost everybody has a camera right now. Right. Having a camera does not make you a photographer. Um, so actually, you know, study the, studying the craft, being a student, a constant student of the game, and not just a guy with the camera, a guy or a girl with the camera, mm-hmm. but somebody who masters the camera. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, again, you just have to take yourself serious because especially, like, here lately the word creative has been... It's a buzzword. It's, it's, yeah. Right, right. So everybody labels themselves a creative, mm-hmm. but are you really a creative? What are you creating? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you providing for people? And, but the number one thing is um, relationships, you know? No business or, you know, you're not going to do anything if you don't value and nurture relationships mm-hmm. or know which relationships to let go, yeah. you know? Um, and you can't be satisfied being average, Mm. And so I'm constantly challenging myself, whether it's, you know, learning how to shoot film or taking trips, you know, somewhere and and shooting or just grabbing my camera and learning them all. I don't know how many cameras I have, but I know I'm all like the back of my hand. You know what I mean? Um, And that's very important because the last thing I want to when I'm dealing with the client is to be fumbling with my cameras, trying to get the Mm -hmm. right settings. And missing out on building our relationship. So you have to make sure that you're providing a good experience for people from start to finish. Because like you just said, you know, most business comes from word of mouth. And you want to give your clients positive um, experience to go and share with people. Because no matter what type of experience they get mm-hmm. with you, they're going to share it. And if you're not giving people a good experience, like I said, there's a million cameras out there million people that own them so there's people mm-hmm. have options Very and then you know the last thing the worst thing i can do for myself and for my business is to go around thinking i'm the best photographer in the world that's when you become stagnant you become mm-hmm. stale you stop growing there's always room opportunities to grow um and if money is your motivation then right you're already lost that's not gonna work either Absolutely. you know people will see right through that Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So my thing is, you know, just grind, believe in yourself, and mm-hmm. apply good business practices. Like a lot of times, people get so focused on whatever you know discipline their art falls in that they don't necessarily concentrate on mm-hmm. the business and marketing aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you market as a photographer besides like Instagram posting images? You know, like you're you're heavy on your blog, which I think is vital. You know what I mean? 
but it's like it's not a lot. I mean, I, 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 I'm crappy on my blog, but like yeah, I recognize that you know people clients pay attention to vlogs or blogs too. Oh, definitely. I mean, they learn more about you through your blog than probably anything else because that's where you tend to show your personality, whether you know it or not. You know, that's where the real you kind of shows through shows through at. And so, um, and with me, I mean, honestly, I can say that I think I have some good marketing plans, but I've never really been able to put them into place because I'm so busy, you know, word of mouth marketing is how I, I mean, that's where it's at, man. Like I said earlier, providing people with a great experience going above and beyond for people Yeah, um, in any and every aspect yeah, of the no, business. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, if you, let's see, you, you're a quote, man. You have quotes. Uh, I've seen quotes. You give me quotes. What's one that you kind of try to live by or at least think about on a regular basis? Do you have one offhand like that? Uh, not really. And those quotes for me change depending on what type yeah. of mood I'm in. I already know what I'm going through at the time. Uh, so like right now, I mm-hmm. guess it would just be hustle harder. I like that. And that's not just um, mm-hmm. that's not just in one area. You know what I mean? Like, like right now I'm tired, but this mortal mortal man project is really important to me. So yeah, it don't matter if I'm tired. I got to hustle harder. You know what I mean? Or I want to get to a next to the next level of X Y Z, and to get there, I have to hustle like harder. That. Um, it's just kind of my mindset right now. I dig that. Yeah. And to do it without complaining, you know, do it without complaining. And that, I guess that leads me to another pet peeve of mine, and that's when, especially people who label themselves as creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things aren't going their way, so they get on social media and they rant. Mm. You can't you can't take those back. You know, you might be able to go in and delete those tweets or but once it's out there, it's out it's there. Out there. Yeah, and absolutely. you're showing you're your personality to people and that turns people off. So oh, yeah. you know, get you a close circle of friends and do that, you know, face to face with them. Mm-hmm. But quit taking that public. Nobody wants to hear it. You know, you're doing more damage than good. Absolutely. Yeah, your reputation is always online. Like, as soon as you become a brand or a company, that is what you got, you know, your reputation. So don't mess it up for real, because you might not be. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't understand that you are your brand. Absolutely. Everything, everything you do from the way that you respond to emails. Mm hmm how quickly or how long it takes you to respond to emails, the clothes you wear, the way you mm-hmm. talk, um, the way that you edit images, your delivery and your poetry, everything you do is part of Absolutely. your brand. Absolutely agree. We've, we've talked about brand a few times on, on this, uh, in this podcast, not, not this particular episode, but like in a few different episodes, because brand is so, right. so vital to, to being a business and creatives seem to not grasp the fact that they are a brand, you know, cause it's like, how am I going to brand my art? Well, you made it. So you are a brand ultimately, you know? Right. So yeah, I rock with you on that, man. Okay. Okay. I think this was, I think this was a good episode, man. I think we got a lot of good, good joints, I hope so. you know? 
I think we did. I think the people yeah. are going to be well enlightened, well entertained, and be now, if they weren't already, well aware of AP2 photography and how you're out here creating the community. You know, that's what you're doing. You're, you're gathering the community, you're creating it, you putting these positive vibes in the atmosphere. And all I can say is, where can people reach you? And again, the website is ap2photography.com. You can find me on Instagram at ap2photography. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Aaron Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to connect with everybody out there. That's what I'd like to hear. Uh, that's it, folks. This has been another episode of the Uncommon Creative Podcast. Take a second and follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud at The Uncommon Creative Podcast. Uh, You can also find our work. Uh, You can find it at my personal website, which is SeanCurtis.com. And check out our guest work at AP2Photography.com. That is AP2Photography.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. And I hope you're on the next one. Peace.